0: a series um, at the beginning of the spring in the back with the kids that was all about Joseph. And um, so I actually took for today, and they were so good, um, I wanted to share a little bit with that. So I kind of took some some bits and pieces of each lesson and kind of worked them together to to have a, a sermon for you guys. And so today I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the process of purpose. But before we do that, we have um, uh, one of the things we do, like I said, is a what's up. And we have this character named Skittles. I don't know if you guys have kids and heard your, heard your kids talk about Skittles. Um, he's this crazy dude. He's got a giant afro. It's not me, okay? I don't know. It's tricky. It's not me. And he comes out. He's super excited. And he tells us our what's up. So but our what's up today is, um, God is molding me for a purpose, okay? So I don't know if Jordan could get that on the screen or not real quick for me. Um, God is molding me for a purpose. So what we like to do in kids is, um, in, in the back, our kids are, are very competitive, okay? So if you guys have kids that play sports and know that they're competitive, um, Um, They're very competitive. So what we typically do is boys versus girls. Yeah. Um, And that's how we do it. Uh, Usually it's pretty even. Sometimes there's like two boys and like seven girls. So it doesn't always work out. A lot of times, to be honest with you, the girls are always way louder than the boys. But you can understand what the boys are saying. So it's kind of like a catch-22. All right. So what I'm going to do is we're not going to do boys versus girls today. We're going to do by sections. We're going to see which section is the loudest. And everybody just looked back here to this corner. I saw you look, David. You were like, that corner over there is the loudest, I can already tell you. So you three probably have your work cut out for you. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going we're to say this. Uh, the what's up is kind of, the, it's the main point. It's what we want you guys, the kids, if they don't take, if they can't remember anything from the lesson, hopefully they do. Um, on Sundays, that they remember when you guys ask them, hey, what'd you learn today? They can say the, the big idea or the what's up. Um, and today it's God is molding me for a purpose. Okay, can we say that together? Can we say God is molding me for a purpose? God is me for a purpose. I love it. I heard this side. All right. All right, so God is molding me for a purpose. If do, if you, can we all stand up again? I thought we were going to do some exercises today. We're all going to stand up. Can we all stand up? The kids like this. I'm like, all right, stand up. They're like, no, I just stood up forever. All right, so God is molding me for a purpose, okay? So typically what we do is we flip a coin or um, we actually flip a little um, C-3PO. Pretty cool. We call it backer belly, Um, but we don't have that in here today. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with these guys right here, okay? Are you guys ready? So we're going to see who can say this the loudest okay? And it's God is molding me for a purpose. Oh, look at that. God is molding me for a purpose. So, are you guys, do you guys want a practice run? Okay, we're going to do a practice run, and then we're going to see you get the lattice, okay? So, let's do a practice run on the count of three. One, two, three. Woo. Glad that was the practice run. That was a little rough. All right. So, now we're going to say it as loud as we can, guys. Okay. One of the things we like to do with the kids is we like to say, all right, let's see if we can get um, Brother Dennis, because he's usually out here with security, or let's see if we can get Jim, Holly. See if we can get him to hear us. Is it, yeah. So, so, we're going to see. I know they're back there working. Let's see if we can, even though the doors are shut, let's see if we can get them, if they can hear us in the gym. Okay? On the count of three, as loud as you can. One, two, three. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Now we're going to go right here. Are you guys ready? You guys ready? Miss Erica, are you ready? Miss Erica's ready. All right, so we'll do, we'll, do a, we'll, we'll do a practice run, and then we're going to see if we can get it loud. All right, practice run. One, two, three. All right, I like it. All right, you ready? Tyler, you got your yelling voice out there? Yeah, he's ready. He's like, I got this, guys. I got the whole team. He's going to carry it on his back. All right, on the count of three, guys, as loud as you can. One, two, three. All right, it's a little bit louder. A little bit louder. All right, we're going to go right here. We're going to save you. You guys have the most. You guys have, like, all these sections combined, I think. You have a bunch over here. So we're going to do this. We're going to save you guys for last. All right. Are you guys ready right here in the middle? Pastor Charlie's in the middle. He's a yeller. I don't know if you guys knew that. He's a screamer. Um, I love him. Not just because he's my father-in-law, but I love him. All right, all right. So on the count of three, guys, let's do it. Let's do a practice run. One, two, three. All right, all right. And I also forgot that Chris Parsons is in this group. So, so he's he's pretty strong. And you know what? Isaiah's not here, Chris. Isaiah's not here this morning, but he screams just like you do. I mean, it sounds almost identical to when, you, when you're screaming, so it's pretty good. He's got this big vein that comes out of his neck. I mean, he's like into it, like hardcore. All right, but he's not here right now. So, are you guys ready? Are you all ready? All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Woo, it's getting louder each time. All right. All right, it's pretty good. Oh, we scared all the babies. That's my baby. Sorry. It's mine. <laughs> all right. Is this section ready? Yeah! The back of it is. This side, and they're like, yeah. You don't even know what the... It's been on the screen home. Oh. Miss Amy just said the whole front doesn't even have to talk at all. The back's going to win it. That's how confident she is. All right. So on the count of three, guys, let's say it uh, halfway, and then we'll go for it. One, two, three. That wasn't even the loud one. Did you hear how loud that was? I said half. Yeah, I did say half. All right. Are you guys ready, 100%? She growled. Did you hear that? She's like, you guys are going down. She just growled. She's ready for it. All right, guys, on the count of three. One, two, three. All right. All right, so here's where we're going to do this. We're going to do this, okay? You guys are loud, okay? We get it. We get it, okay? It's the fun section. I'm just kidding. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do these three sections versus this one section, and we're going to see if you guys can be louder than them, okay? You guys think you can be louder than them? Yeah. Three of you. Three of you are like, yeah, we got this. Everybody's like, Mm-mm. I'm not even going to yell. I'm not doing it. All right, so on the count of three... You know what? We're gonna let them go first, real loud, so you guys can see what you how how much you got to do it. All right. So, are you guys ready? We're gonna do it one more time, super loud. You guys ready? One, two, three. Ooh. David was like, "That's my daughter." She's like, "That's Aaliyah." She knew. She's always the loudest one, man. She gets it. We usually do everybody versus her, typically. We do. It's crazy. Alright. So, did you guys hear that? Are you all ready? Can you get it? You ready? All right. Tom, can you take your glasses off? Get serious? He's taking his glasses off, guys. It's about to get real. All right. On the count of three, guys. One, two, three. Ooh. Our sound guy in the back says, these, these sections got ya. The team effort got ya. So good job, guys. All right, you guys can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. Um, all right. So that's what we like to do. We like to have fun and yell and kick and scream and everything else. In the back, I'm going to try to do this without making a mess. See, that's why I put this rug down. I put it down for you, Miss Fran. I knew if I made a mess, she would find me. She would know where I'm at. All right. So I want to go into our, uh, our sermons are broken into sections in the back, um, a few different things. And I want to go into um, the Bible story portion of it. Um, so I'm going to be reading um, different sections of the story of Joseph. Um, it's, they're they're kind of paraphrased, so it's not like directly from the Bible, but it's the story of the Bible. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that in case you guys are trying to follow me, follow along with me. Um, it's not going to be word for word, okay? All right. I'm going to mess your stuff up, Anthony. All right, so we're going to talk about Joseph today. And now, many people know Joseph. Uh, one of the things we know Joseph for, um, what's one thing we know Joseph for? Someone raise your hand and tell me. Coat of many collars. Of many collars. That's the, usually the first thing you think of. Joseph, he had this awesome coat. I wish I had that coat, because I would wear it. Okay? I like collars as well. Um, my shirt almost does it. Does it get me there? All right. Um, so... The first section I want to talk to you guys about, uh, the story comes from Genesis chapter 37. Okay, um, So, this is a pretty uh, famous story in the Bible. Like I said, it's found in Genesis chapter 37, and it's a story um, about a famous hero named Joseph. Okay, And Joseph didn't, his life didn't begin um, as a very heroic at all. Um, it was... Normal. It was he was just an ordinary man born from an average family. Okay. When Joseph was about seventeen years old, taking care, he started taking care of his father's sheep, and he did a very good job. He did a very good job at it because he knew that the sheep were important to his father. Okay. Um, and his brothers also worked in the field with them. Many times, Joseph saw his brothers doing things that were terrible. He saw, their bro- he saw his brothers doing things they weren't supposed to do. Um, and Joseph knew that he couldn't keep what his brothers were doing to himself. So he went and told his father, and um, he said, Father, I have a bad report to bring to you about my brothers. So his brothers got in trouble. You guys have brothers and sisters, yeah. Everybody pretty much, a lot of. Them. Um, so we have brothers and sisters, and we know that sometimes um, they like to tell on us, right? Yeah. Yeah, my boys do that a lot. Like, oh, what happened? Canaan did it. Canaan's not even here, but he did it. Um, or vice versa. Um, so his brothers got in trouble. So they were very angry with Joseph for telling on. Um, And um, his father, however, was very pleased with Joseph. So all of his brothers were mad at him, but his father was very pleased with him. In fact, Joseph's father loved him so much more than his brothers. Joseph was by far his father's favorite son. Now, we know we're not supposed to play favorites, right? Miss Fran knows we don't play favorites. We're not supposed to play favorites with our kids, okay? But Jacob had other plans. All right. Now, that wouldn't have been so bad if, if Joseph's father would have kind of kept it to himself. Um, but he didn't. Um, everybody knew that Joseph was the favorite um, because he made something for him. And just like we said earlier, that what's the first thing we think of when we think of Joseph? And it is his coat of many colors. So, um, his dad made this big coat, elaborate colors, looked like, a, I mean, it was just all kinds of crazy colors. Um, and he placed it on Joseph and made Joseph wear it proudly. Joseph wore it proudly. He's like, You know what? I'm the favorite. And you guys are going to know it. Oh, you see my coat? Because I'm the favorite. I'm pretty sure that's how he was. Um,
1: he may not have been
0: there. Um, so, and of course, so we already know Joseph's brothers were mad at him, and now they definitely didn't like him at all because they knew that he was, um, he knew that he was, they, they weren't the favorites, um, that his his dad loved them more. So they hated Joseph so much because his father showed him, showed him special attention, and none of them, none of them got a colorful coat, just Joseph. So out of all of them, Joseph was the only one that got it. Okay, and the Bible says that that Joseph's brothers hated him so much that they couldn't even speak one word of kindness to him. All right. So can you imagine how hard it would be to live in such a dysfunctional family? Right. So it would be easy for us to look at Joseph's mess, the mess of Joseph's relationships with his brothers and things, um, and figure, you know, how in the world can God use someone like that? He's not perfect. His family's not perfect. Um, But God had other plans for him. So, um, we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and and read all the Bible story, and then I'm going to get into our call to action. Okay, so we're going to skip ahead in Joseph's Joseph's story um, a little bit. Um, so, before Joseph, we get to this portion, um, what happens was, Joseph went, his father told him to go check on his brothers. They're out in the field, go check on them to make sure they're doing okay. Um, and when he finds them, they see him coming and they say, oh, here comes the dreamer. Here comes Joseph. Let's kill him. Okay. So, they ended up throwing him into a big well and, um... After they throw him into a well, they decide they're going to kill him, and then and then one of them says, "Wait, we can't kill him. Think about how upset father would be if we if he knew that we killed him." So they see uh um they see some some people coming by traders, and they say, "You know what? What do we gain if we kill him? We don't we don't gain anything. He's just gone. Why don't we sell him? We'll sell him to the to the slave traders going by, and then he'll be out of our hair, and and we'll get a little money for it. It's a win-win." In their eyes. Um, So so they come through and they sell him. They hated him so much, they sold him into slavery. And this is kind of where this section of the story picks up. Okay, so this section of the story is um, in Genesis 39. Um, So he's been sold into slavery and he ends up being a slave at the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar is an Egyptian official. And looking at this, it may be easy to think that the dreams God had given Joseph um, were were over. I didn't mention that. that. Um, One of the reasons why Joseph's brothers hate him so much is because God gave him two different dreams. The first one was um, they were all... Bailing hay or, or wheat. Um, and all their bales their bowed down to his bale. So they were mad. They're like, oh, you think you're going to rule over me um, in the future, and that's not going to happen. So they were mad, and then they had a second dream um, that all the stars bowed down, and the moon and the sun even bowed down to him. Um, meaning that his whole family was going to bow down to him one day. Um, so those were the dreams that were given to Joseph by God. And... Um, And I think Joseph kind of learned from his mistakes about how gloating about his dreams and about being the favorite um, with his brothers, and he was a faithful child of God. So Joseph kind of learned from his mistakes, um, and he always tried to do what's right no matter what. So after a while, being in Potiphar's house, so he's a slave in Potiphar's house, Potiphar begins to notice just how hard Joseph's working. So, Joseph could be trusted. You notice you know, he worked so hard, and he could be trusted. So, Potiphar puts Joseph as the head of the servant of his entire household. So, Joseph, Joseph, he charges the rest of the servants, all the servants, all the servants, and he works hard, always, always. But doing what doing the right thing can be hard sometimes, right? Sometimes when we know it's hard. Um, to do the right thing. Um, and it's difficult to make the right decisions all the time and to stay away from sin. Um, and, and for Joseph's case, and what we, can, what we can learn from that, is Joseph relied on God in that process. All right. So Potiphar wasn't the only person that took notice of Joseph in the household. Potiphar's wife also started to know Joseph started to notice Joseph. Joseph um, was strong. He was smart. Um, the Bible says he was a pretty, pretty good-looking young man. Um, and so she began to come up to Joseph and ask, ask, um, ask him to be her boyfriend. Like, hey, why don't you, why don't you be my girlfriend? Be my boyfriend. Um, and Joseph knew it was wrong because um, she was married to his master, right? So Joseph knew that it was wrong. Um... And he knew that the Bible tells him that married people should never are not supposed to have boyfriends or girlfriends, and um, and that it's a sin for that. So Joseph knew that it was a sin. So when Potiphar's wife came to him, uh, Joseph knew he had to resist the temptation. Uh, he said to Potiphar's wife, "How could I do such a wicked thing against God?" Joseph knew that it was God who had blessed him and allowed him to be put in charge of Potiphar's house. So he knew he didn't do it on his own, but God was helping in that process. So Potiphar's wife uh, wouldn't give up. She kept tempting Joseph over and over, and Joseph avoided her wherever he went. So if he's cleaning the kitchen in the house and she starts walking in, he, he walks out. He starts going to different places to try to avoid um, Potiphar's wife so that he would avoid the temptation, but one day she coined, she she coined, cornered cornered I can say that word sorry guys. she cornered him in her bedroom, and he refused again to be her boyfriend. She grabbed a hold of his clothes, and he ran away. Um, and as as he did that, his clothes ripped, um, and. His clothes ripped, and she was holding it in his hand. Um, so Joseph knew how important it was to keep away from sin and running from temptation. Okay. Now, if we fast forward a little bit to that. Um, all right. So this, thing I continue. So Joseph was running from Potiphar's wife. Um, he knew, it was the, he knew that, that what she wanted was the wrong thing for him to do. Um, so Potiphar's wife refused to let go of his shirt, like I said, and Joseph squirmed out, and it ripped away, and he was free. So he took off running. Um, Potiphar's wife had the piece of his clothing in his hand, and she began to scream. She's like, if, he, if I can't have him, then everybody else is going to, um, he's, he's not going to be here much longer. She screams for help. She screams for help. And when all the servants come in, she said, that slave Joseph tried to attack me. Here's his shirt. I fought myself free. And of course, we know that that was a lie. She was lying on Joseph. Joseph wasn't trying to attack her. She was trying to attack him and get away. And he was getting away. So Potiphar came home and heard this lie about his wife and Joseph, and about what he told Joseph. And Potiphar had Joseph thrown in prison. Now, even though Joseph had not done anything wrong, he had done the right thing He was punished. And Joseph, when he was thrown in prison, he was thrown in prison, but he immediately began to show that he was no ordinary prisoner. He began to show his faithfulness, his hard work, and his trustworthiness. He impressed the chief jailer so much that Joseph was put in charge of the whole prison and all the other prisoners. It's pretty impressive if you think about it. So he's in a position to where he's in trouble for something he didn't do. And, you know, he could have got thrown in prison and he could have just, just, you know, started thinking bad thoughts. He could have, you know, um, just to to live a life of bondage. But he chose to. um, He chose to do the right thing. He chose to be faithful, to work hard, and to show trustworthiness, because he knew that that's the attitude that God needed for him to fulfill his purpose. Where was we at? All right. So one day Joseph met two prisoners who looked very sad. So Joseph asked them, "Why do you look so worried?" And the men explained that they had both had bad dreams, and they didn't know what they meant. So Joseph tells them that he has um, that he told them that interpreting the dreams is a God is a God thing. It's God's business. So the men told him Joseph. The men told Joseph their dreams, and Joseph interpreted their dreams. Um. And do you want to you know something amazing? Is one of those men was Joseph's, or I'm sorry, was Pharaoh's chief cupbearer. God gave Joseph the interpretation from the cupbearer's dream, and the dream meant that he was going to be released from prison in three days, put back in Pharaoh's courts. So he was going to be restored back to his, um, his previous position before being thrown in jail. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And the dream came true. The chief cupbearer was released from prison and went back to Pharaoh's court. Before he left, Joseph asked the chief cupbearer Please, when you see the Pharaoh, tell him about me and that I interpreted your dream and that I do not deserve to be here. Ask him to release me. So that's where I want to stop in the story of Joseph um, for now. And I want to kind of go into our call to action. So what is all, you know, that's a pretty long story, and that was summed up. Um, But I want to talk to you guys today about the process of purpose. So the first thing we need to realize is that um, Joseph was chosen for a purpose, he knew he was chosen for a purpose, and then um, he he was, you know, God chose him to do that. Um, I forgot something. Hey, Carter, can you do me a favor real quick? Can you go in that bathroom over there, and there's a big bowl of water. Can you bring that in for me, please? All right. So, while he's getting that, um, you know, one thing... Um, I love about the Bible is as as, as, as the stories that it tells. Um, and, and one of the verses that, that I think goes along with this uh, pretty well is Isaiah um, chapter 64, verse 8. And it says, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. Um, and we are all works in your hand. Let me unravel this. I know you guys are anxious to see what's in all these paper towels. Alright. So if we think of Joseph's story as being um, in the aspect of a potter we can, um, we can we can we can kind of see a little bit about the process of his purpose. i going to take my ring off because if I don't I won't be able to get it off later when I start messing with this stuff. All right. So the first thing we know from the story is that Joseph was chosen for a purpose. There's a bowl of water in there. I hope he didn't lock himself in that bathroom. Um, so if we're molding, if we're, we're being chosen for a purpose... Um. I don't know if you guys can see this very well. It's not super huge. Um, In order for a master potter to create a masterpiece, he starts out with a lump of clay. And, you know, to a lot of people, hey, bowl of water. Thank you, sir. All right. So... One of the things that a potter does, um, back, in, back in old times when they found clay, they didn't just uh, go to the store and buy clay like I did. Um, they searched for it. Um, they went to, they sometimes to find the best clay, they went through, maybe there's a scenario, they went through the woods, they found a back path, they went down, they found the river where the good clay was. Um, and some people may think that clay is, is not really um, important. Um, and if you guys look at it, it's just a lump of clay. It smells like dirt. It smells like clay. There's nothing special about this lump of clay. Um, but it serves a purpose. Now, in the beginning of Joseph's story, we saw that, um, that it said, you know, he was just an ordinary person. Okay? Um, and... And with that ordinary person, God had a huge purpose for. And I want to let you guys know today that God's not looking for perfect. He's not looking for someone perfect. Um, and we can see that through the story of Joseph. Um, because like we said earlier, Joseph's brothers hated him. He had 13 brothers and sisters, half-brothers and sisters, um, you look at the story, he had um, three stepmoms. And they all lived in the same house. That's a hot mess right there. (laughs) Um, If you think about it. um, It's not perfect. And if you go a little bit farther back, we know that his dad actually stole the birthright from his uncle. Um, So... um, And we also, you know, we read that Joseph was a tattletale he kind of gloated a little bit about his coat about how awesome that coat was um, and about the, the, um, the dreams he had um, so God was not looking for someone perfect but what he's looking for is someone willing to be molded just like clay so um, and we know that no one's perfect um, we know Joseph's not perfect um, but we begin to see that when, that when we're willing to be chosen by God, because God has chosen all of us for a purpose. And the plan is, once we, once we know God's chosen us for that purpose, is to be willing to let him mold us into where he wants us to be. Now, that sounds pretty easy, right? Like, oh yeah, I can let God mold me molding process can be painful um, I don't know if you guys have noticed I've been working this clay um, so after we get chosen the potter begins to work the clay, he begins to mold the clay um, and, and there's, there's pressure in that purpose uh, and a lot of times we don't know where the pressure's coming from, we don't see it Um, but we, but, but God's the one that's, that's pushing us in that, in that one direction. Um, pushing us toward his purpose. Um, so once he molds it, once he gets, once the potter gets it ready, um, the next thing that he does is he centers the clay on his wheel. Now, I have a tiny wheel here. It's not very big, um. But he begins to um, mold it into a ball, shape it, um, and apply it to the wheel. And when we get to... um, it gets centered onto the wheel, what we need to realize is that as the purpose... I've already got it stuck on there. um, Is that if we're not centered in God's will for his purpose, we're going to get off track. Um, I was, was messing with this uh, this week, and if the clay's not in the middle, if it's not centered, it wobbles. If it's not, if it's not pressed and stuck on in the middle, it'll fall off when you turn it on. Um, so, you know, as, as we get centered into God's purpose he he begins to um, smooth this out. Uh, You know, we're not perfect, so we're going to have some rough areas, right? Um, He begins to smooth this out, uh, pressing the lumps of clay, pressing the hard lumps, um, with gentle guidance into getting us centered for his purpose. And we can see that uh, through Joseph's story, too. Um, and one of those, you know, we talk about pressure when we're going into a purpose. Um, and, and sometimes we don't know why we're, why we're going through things, um, but we know that God's using that pressure to get us in his purpose. Uh, so, you know, I think we can see that that pressure begins to build in Joseph's family. Um, with the hatred from his brothers. So in order for Joseph's purpose, Joseph's purpose was, you know, the dreams he had um, ends up saving his family. Not only saves his family, but saves a whole nation. Um, And he would have never got to that position where he was if his brothers loved him. Because then he wouldn't have got sold into slavery. So sometimes the process seems hard, but we know that God is in control of it. All right. So we see the pressure come from his family, um, and when we get centered on God's will, God's will, and in God's will. Um, then we begin to, to be molded for His purpose. Um, and and that kind of starts out, um, He begins to shape us and getting us to a place to where we can be a blessing and be used for Him and be a blessing to not only ourselves, but to be a blessing for others. Um, So it begin to take shape in the purpose that God has for us um, and you know another area um, in which the pressure came for Joseph to enter into his purpose um, came from from Potiphar's wife right so um and and to kind of get, get an understanding of, of how we know that God is in the pressure in the purpose um, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that God was with Joseph when he was in the well but I think he, he had to have been because his brothers went from we're going to kill him to let's just sell him because if they would have killed him his purpose wouldn't have been fulfilled and they would end up dying in the process. So, um, so God was there. And then um, that brings me to uh, once, once the potter gets um, the pot or, or the, the pot or the cup shaped, molded, pressed to where he wants it to go. Uh, then comes the firing process. Pottery. Um, just to let you guys know, I'm not a master potter, so this doesn't look good. Um, it's really rough, um, but uh, so cu- it comes comes the process where where there's fire. Um, and I was reading um, some ex- excerpts from a book on pottery, um, and there's actually two different going into the furnace, going to the fire process um, in pottery. And the first one is after it gets molded and shaped um, to to how the potter wants it, um, he puts it in the fire um, to harden it, to strengthen it. Um, And, um, you know, a lot of times we think that when we're going through situations or we're, um, or we're in, um, in a fiery situation, in a process, and we think there's, you know, why is this happening to me? Uh, that's when we may not know, we may not f- see the pressure of the, of the potter. We may not know what, what the process is going to be, but we know that God's in control. So, um, like I said, uh, the first thing, the first set of fire is to strengthen, to harden the clay to where it can be used as a vessel for the purpose that it was intended. Um, If we look back at our story, um, I think for Joseph, uh, where his strength began to come from uh, was in that pressure, when he was thrown into the well for the first time, uh, when he was thrown into the well by his brothers. Um a little bit past that when i was when I was reading it said that he began to be faithful um, and he began to trust God in everything that he did uh, so and he entrusted God so much that he began to um when he was in potiphar 's house um, he was so trustworthy that he was put in charge of everything the whole household um, and and the bible says that that not only was he put in charge, but everything that he did began to prosper. Uh, everything in Potiphar's house, everything that, 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 was, that wasn't his, uh, everyone around him began to prosper. Um, so, you know, going through, through things, the reason why we go through things or put in the fire the process, um, through this process um, allows us to be strengthened. And then when we're strengthened and we're aligned in God's purpose, then we begin to be blessings to others. So after the vessel is strengthened and, and put in the fire, and I was reading that that fire, the first, the first fire that goes through, it's about a 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. I mean... I'm complaining on like a ninety three degree day, you know <laughs> you know um, it's hot, um, but we begin to go through that process um, and it strengthens us to where now that we're shaped we're strengthened, and we can be used as blessings to others for that process, for that purpose. Now the second one the second fire that it goes through um, is actually hotter than the first fire. Um, I'm not exactly sure how hot that is. I think, I think it was like 14, 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit. Is it It's hotter than the first fire. But the second fire is where beauty comes in. I know this doesn't look beautiful. It looks like a piece of clay. Um, but when we go into that second fire... Um, Um, God chooses, you know, the potter chooses um, glaze. You see all these fancy pots. Um, They have this nice shine. They have this beautiful glaze on them. That glaze is actually really, really tiny pieces of glass. And that's why the fire has to be so hot, because what it does is it melts the glass into almost paint. And And it turns this into something beautiful. And and we can see that through Joseph when Potiphar's wife steps in. Um, we know that the Bible says that Joseph, wanted, he did what was right always. So even though um, he was in a place where he did what was right, he still got put in the fire. And that fire was in prison. And And a lot of times we think that that when we're going through these situations, God's not there. The Bible says that God was with Joseph in prison. Um, he was there, um, and because he was there, Joseph began to show his faithfulness. He immediately had, an, had a God attitude and, um, and went in um, and was ended up put, in char- put in charge. So the beauty of it began to come and he interpreted dreams um, and Joseph was actually in prison for two years so after two years after the cupbearer had been released and he he could have thought you know he's forgot about me why is he doing this he gets stinking thinking that's what we like to say in kids church um, he gets stinking thinking um, and but he didn't he knew God was with him and he began um, to be to, in that fire, begin to have beauty um, for his purpose. Um, And, you know, he blessed everyone that he was around uh, in that process. Um, And we can see the beauty of it because at the end of, you know, two years, uh, Pharaoh starts to have these bad dreams. Um, the Pharaoh has these bad dreams, and none of his um, chief counsel, his 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 wise men, um, however you want to say it, could not interpret them. Um, so he's real frustrated about this. He can't. He doesn't. The Pharaoh doesn't know what to do. He's having these nightmares. He's having these dreams, and then the cupbearer overhears it, overhears it, and remembers Joseph. So two years later, he remembers Joseph, and he say, Hey, there's a Hebrew boy in prison that interpreted a dream that I had that I was going to be restored in your courts. And it came true, everything he said. So they get Joseph out of prison, um, and, and the Pharaoh tells him his dream, and God gives him the wisdom to interpret. He says, you know, there's going to be seven years of famine after seven years of harvest. So we need to be smart in this first seven years and store it up so that we'll be prepared for the second seven. Um, So, um, you know, and and he does that, and um, the Pharaoh is so impressed by Joseph, by his God attitude that he puts him second in command of the entire country of Egypt. So he went from a fire, metaphorically speaking, um, he went from the prison to being second in command of one of the wealthiest countries, nations, at that time. So, and you know, through all that, so the famine hits His family runs out of food where they're at, and they travel to Egypt um, to get food. They don't know it's Joseph. Um, And, you know, now Joseph had every right to want to kill his brothers for everything they put him through. But um, he was happy to see them, that they were alive. Now, um, if you remember that first fire the, potter, the pottery goes through, it's for strength. God strengthened Joseph in that well so that when he met his brothers again, he wouldn't, you know, he would have forgiveness. He would have peace. Um, and so so Joseph saves his family, not only saves his family, but saves an entire nation. Um, and he didn't get there, um, the, the, you know, right when God chose him. Because God chose him when he was young. But there was a process in the purpose. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm going to wrap things up. I'm not quite sure where you're at today um, in this process. Um, maybe you're just a lump of clay just now figuring out that God is choosing you. That God is choosing you um, for a purpose. Um, Maybe you know God's chosen you and you're starting to feel the pressure of that. Because God's going to take you out of your comfort zone and put him in his comfort zone. Uh, Or, you know, Maybe you're a little bit farther in the process and you're in a fire right now. Um, Maybe you're in that first stage of fire where God's strengthening you to be a blessing to others. I don't know. Or maybe you're in that second one to where you've been through the fire once And you're in it again. But you know there's beauty coming out of it on the other side. Um, You know, we all have a purpose. God chooses us um, for his glory, for his kingdom to be blessings. So I want you guys to think about that. And, you know, as I began... To do this, Um, I've never done pottery before, as you can see. Um, But as I was doing it, um, I realized how messy it was. How dirty your hands get. My hands are dry and I still have clay on them. God's willing to get in your mess for His purpose. He is willing to get his hands dirty to bless you, and for you to be a blessing to others. So, um, you know. So, I want you to ask yourself today: Where am I at in this process of purpose? Is your process just beginning? Are you somewhere in the middle? So, um, as I finish, if you all can just stand up, Anthony's been helping me out. If he can um, just play something, um, sing something. Um, if you guys are here and you're in that, you're in that process. Uh, maybe you're in the fire. You don't know what's next. Um, you know. We know there's a fire, we know there's a process, but we know God is the master potter, right? And he is molding us for his purpose. So maybe you don't know what your purpose is and you want to find that purpose. These altars are open. Um, So I want to give you guys an opportunity today that if, if you're in that process, you need clarity in that process, you want to come up here and pray, we'll pray with you. Bishop, come, we'll pray. And we'll just ask God where that process is and how, you know, how can we be that willing vessel? Because that's the hard part, It's being the willing vessel. We we're chosen, and then uh, we say we want God to use us. We have to be willing to be molded. Uh, you know, if this clay was hard and was stiff, it wouldn't end up being a pot or a bowl whatever the the purpose of it was. Um, But we have to be able to take that pressure, that gentle pressure of God, to be molded for that purpose. So if anybody wants to come up here and pray um, through that process, through that purpose, we're here to pray with you. Um, And Anthony's going to sing for us. So let's just spend a little bit of time today with God.